Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and, and Matt, Matt Barris. Barris. What? <laughs> Don't take my line. That's my name. <laughs> Listen, I always want to snack during podcasts. I know and you it's kind of hard to snack and microphone. Well, you know, we really didn't think about that when we, we, did. <laughs> when we, we did. first started. We didn't started. take that into consideration. Because we were like... I think on one of our first episodes, we were like, this is sponsor- sponsored by pretzels and mustard, and we haven't ever eaten no, pretzels. No, because you can't. It's, 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 just so not, it's not possible. But okay, also, wait. if there is a pretzel company yeah, listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would gladly be sponsored by you. Snyder's, if you're listening. <laughs> Utz, if you're listening. Hers. We've got hers right here. If you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening. You know, Matt always puts that little plug in there. Oh. I love it. We, <laughs> listen. I mean, listen, to have snack sponsors, that would be our dream. Oh, my word. Yeah. After all the food we talked about recently. Yes. We should, uh, like, the dessert industry should be calling us. They should. Miss Amy's Bakery, if yeah. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> little Debbie, if you're listening. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Well, hey, tell me about your good day. <laughs> oh. She okay. actually ate a pretzel. That's the problem. <laughs> I inhaled pretzel dust. Okay. Um, pixie dust, pretzel dust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my good day was recent, and it was when you just texted us out of the blue and said, we have wonderful Peruvian chicken yeah. meal, and um, why don't you come over, you and Dee come over? It was such a blessing because That's we had fun. had a big day, and Dee, was, Dee even came over in dirty work clothes yeah. like, and sat down and had a meal, and it was really... It was really... It was literally the definition of these are good days. One hundred percent. No, we had and we had food because we had people that were coming in town and they got had sick kids. So we said, Leanne and Daryl, yeah, we, we have food, and it was great. And listen, Daryl got thirds. Uh, 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 so uh, very, very unusual. So very he unusual. Enjoyed it, especially. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that Daryl's not quite that adventurous? I mean. Mm-mm. He's gotten better, correct? But he's not like, no. man. I really, if there's a menu and he could have something that feels normal to him or Peruvian chicken, mm-hmm. he's right. gonna go for the normal. Right, he's gonna thing. go for the meatloaf. So for him I mean, to have, right, for him to have three helpings of Peruvian yeah, he, chicken, he loved it. Yeah, oh, it's good. so good. You know, um, it, it, it's funny that we went out to eat with friends not long ago in Hilton Head, and my girlfriend said to Gerald, "You, you really don't." eat out much do you and he's like no no he's like why would i and i'm like well very good quite very yeah. good response like why would you because i i like to cook and he is not Likes hard to to, he is not hard to please no i mean i packed his lunch bucket before i came over here to record because you know um i pack his lunch every day and i'm not getting up at 4 a.m to pack it so i pack <laughs> it the night before yeah. and you know um he does like tri- the dirt the traditional foods, but he surprises you because he also likes sushi. So it's, right. it is surprising some of the things he like, he does enjoy, but yeah, I, I saw he had thirds and it was like, wowzer, or wowzer. Like, Hello, Daryl. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Here's my good day in the education world. Okay. We've been hearing about AI and oh, this oh. chat mm-hmm. GPT thing. And it's a little scary for educators, I'm not going to lie, but I'm learning how I'm dipping my toe in all of this artificial intelligence stuff. And I saw somebody on Instagram. I don't know, Matt. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm 54, you know. know, Ding. She said her age. (laughs) (laughs) And so I saw somebody on Instagram that was like, did you know you can write whole stories with ChatGPT? So I was 
trying it. So I put in, if you go to chat GPT, no, I I, I'm not telling you to do, to do it. If someone would happen to do this, I wrote a story for each of my kid and it took 45 seconds. So in the box, I wrote, write a story, write a rhyming children's story about Luca who likes Legos with a best friend. And I put his friend's name in and, um, what was the other thing I said? I said, Luca and his friend talk about, I, I don't remember. Oh, and I did one about Remy, Remy who likes to dress up in princess clothes. And then a friend rips her dress and it in 45 seconds wrote a story. And that was your good day. That was good. It was so fun because then my kids were giving me stuff to put in oh, okay. and then we were reading the okay. stories and yeah. we were laughing. One that Remy um, loved was about princesses and how princesses have to go to the bathroom too. And so it wrote something so funny about um, how princesses go to the bathroom just like everybody else. But what I was thinking about specifically was I put in, I sent you some mm -hmm. and I sent one to you about your cat, Mr. Yes, Butters. Mr. Butters. So I wrote in, um, write a sonnet about a cat named Mr. Butters with golden was... flowing hair. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, I thought you wrote it. You know, I'd like to read it if that's all right. Okay. Here's what it is. It's short. It's a short little Shakespearean sonnet mm -hmm. about Mr. Mm -hmm. Butters. Oh, Mr. Butters with your golden hair. A regal feline, graceful and fair. Mm -hmm. Your fur, like sunbeams, shimmers and glows. A sight that warms the heart and calms the woes. It's true. With eyes of blue piercing and bright. <sighs> yeah. You prowl and play in the day and in the night. It's true. A creature of elegance, beauty, and charm. <laughs> a muse for poets and inspiration for arts warm. Not sure what that means. Your purrs like music soothe the soul. Yes. Your presence, a comfort, makes us whole. Oh, what? Mr. Butters, our faithful friend. Oh. Our love for you will never end. Oh, my. So let us cherish each moment we share with you, our dear feline with golden hair. Okay. That a computer wrote that okay, in okay. 40 seconds. Listen, here's how I feel. This is the AI thing is intriguing. It's fascinating. It's, it's unbelievably creative, but it's going to make all of our brains lazy. Oh, and, totally. and, and how are we going to know if our senior in high school is really writing the paper or having Listen, AI do it? This is, this is the problem at school right now. English teachers are losing their ever loving minds going. Are you well, serious? Do, are you yeah, being serious? I'm being serious. There are, and there are programs that are coming out that are detecting if it's it scan can scan papers. Even when I went to grad school, so five years ago, I had to upload a PDF of all of my papers to this one website, and it would scan it and it would tell me how much percentage of my paper was original content versus not. Wow, because. You know, it, listen, if you've been to college, you know you can fill a paper with quotes from a book. Or right, you can right, write right. a bunch of hobbledy-jobbledy. But oh, it, would, hobbledy <laughs> it would scan the papers. And if you didn't have a percentage that was original work, you couldn't turn it in. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they, so there need, are programs they need to have that, programs that detect it. Or yeah. everybody's going to be like really actually dumb when AI is dumb. pretending that they're smart. I, know. I mean, it's not, it, it can make all of our brains lazy. It's true. I mean, but I don't know. for now, it's what still do fascinating. I know? What do I know? 
we'll have to figure it out. This is a problem for the generations yes. behind us. Yes, it's true. I'm 54. <laughs> it's not mine. That's ding, right. ding, ding, ding. It's not your Listen, problem. Listen, I am buying a bell so we can ding. Uh, what are we going to ding? Your okay. age? You're, uh, ding, you're at my age, I'm going to totally ding when you're table tapping. Oh, yeah. That's and then I'm one. also going to ding when you ask for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what are we talking so about today? Bell companies, if you yeah. are listening, send listening. us a bell. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today, okay, Maddie? Today, this has been on my mind a lot. It's our ego and how ego impacts our relationships and how it impacts mm. the teams we work on, the people that we're around. Our reputation. Our reputation. So here's where we start. If we start at the very beginning, ego in and of itself is not a bad thing. There are three pieces of ego, and I'm not going to go into it, but there's like your id, you know, it's your sense of self. You have to have a sense of self. Right. But the problem becomes is when our ego gets so inflated that it hurts people around us mm. and it actually impedes relationships, it impedes progress for something you're trying to accomplish with a team of people. Your integrity. Your integrity. It your impedes character. how people look at you. If they receive you, if they believe you, it, it impacts so many things. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure for me, there are times um, where no one's ever solved the ego problem. I don't right, think right, we'll right, ever, right, right. ever, ever right. say, I don't ever have an ego. Because it's one of those things you have to check yourself um, regularly. Right. Because to, to, to have self-confidence, that's a good thing. Absolutely. But when it turns into like, wow, he's really a pompous, arrogant yeah. jerk. And I, you know, I'm not sure the tipping <clears throat> point there. The other thing I think that's really fascinating is I think sometimes um, our insecurities. So, you know, there's the ego that's like, I really believe in myself. Yes, I really think yes, I'm awesome. Yes. I think I'm all that in a bag of chips. But on the other hand, Sometimes an ego is born out of our insecurities that says, I really don't think I have it all together. I really think I'm I'm insecure. I'm not sure of myself. So I'm going to pretend. I'm going to put on this mm -hmm. mask mm -hmm. so that everybody believes me. And, you know, so I think both, whether it's in humility or I shouldn't say humility, whether it's in your pride or in your insecurities, they both can kind of birth this ego that everyone goes, ugh, what is that about? So can you think of a time where you've, I'm sure there are people that have come to mind, but when you think of someone with an inflated ego or maybe yourself, I'm not going to put you on the spot to be like, think about a time when our egos were inflated. <laughs> when I was like very <laughs> um, full of myself. But, he, but what does that look like for you? What are you, what do you see that is the biggest turnoff when you go, oh, that person has such an inflated ego? Well, it's a huge turnoff for me if people start talking about how much money they make. Oof, that's a big one. Or what they have or what they've done. Mm -hmm. And I, it's probably one of the things that attracts me the most about my husband. Because Absolutely. He, he is the opposite of it. Literally the opposite of it. He can be in a room with people talking about his occupation, what he does for a living, and mm -hmm. he will not say a word. Mm -hmm. I had somebody say to me, you know, I've sat with your husband when he could speak up and really brag on himself and brag on what he's done and brag on his talents and he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And I think when people have to talk about, well, first of all, I think ego, when we talk about ego, it's it. part of ego is talking, 
talking about yourself all the time. Right. Like right. it all being about you. Right. And, and I think that, um, I think that that's a turn off to me, especially Absolutely. if it, if it's like, this is what I have, this is what I've done. This is who I am. This is right. what, this is how much money I make. Right. I think I was obviously doing some research cause you know, I love the research you side love of the this facts. stuff. So here, here is a good litmus test for us. I, I used that last week too, litmus test. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe that's a new thing I'm saying. But here are six signs to look for in yourself if your ego is inflated. One, you're always right. If you always have to be right and you have a hard time saying, I'm sorry, you were right. If you have to always be right, that's a huge mm-hmm. sign that your ego is inflated. Sometimes, let me check this. I can say that that's probably a little bit of a a a, a pressure point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it for me is that I had to f- fight for my position. Like in my family, I had brothers yeah. that were very, very strong and a very strong mother and father. Yeah, and so I always felt like I had to f- fight for my opinion. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a difference. I think that I think being able to to be open to the fact that you're wrong looks different than if you if you feel like you have had to fight for your opinion to Absolutely. be heard. There's a difference. Absolutely. Here's the next one is you always want more and you are constantly dissatisfied. Interesting. That it's never enough. Interesting. That that life is never enough. Number 3, you always have to win. Whew, that's a big one. I've never been the winner kind of person. Me I, I'm, I can be, com- my wife would probably say I can be competitive, but in most things I'm really not. But you see this, I see this one a lot in, in kids is when you have to win or it like crushes you. Mm. But I, listen, there's adults that I'm like, man, they, they always have to win. Really? Okay. But I also think I winning, remember this when isn't... I remember when our kids played baseball. Yeah, and there were always there was always a, like one or two dads mm-hmm. that were absolute complete idiots, mm-hmm. yelling, yeah, yelling at the refs, yelling things that I cannot imagine. Also yelling at children, right? And yeah, that looks like ego to me. At one hundred percent, very unattractive, by the way. <laughs> if you're listening, oh, that is not attractive. Yeah, not at all. Um, number four is that you require constant recognition. Interesting. Constant recognition. Here's the thing. Here's here's a thing for me. And actually, did Kat talk to you about her story about being recognized recently? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think sometimes it, you need to feel recognized. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. If there's Absolutely. If there is something that you contribute to a relationship, a group, a team, a workplace. If you are an active contributor and participant, recognition is currency. Recognition yeah, right. is how we pay each other. You know, I can't, I work in a place where I don't control the salaries um, at all. And so really a currency in the workplace or a currency in a relationship is recognizing what the other person has done. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't <laughs> pay my wife, but when I say, um, wow, thanks for unloading the dishwasher before I got home, or thanks for you know, taking my clothes out of the dryer and folding them for me because you know I don't like that. That recognition, that is like, that is like gold sometimes. But if you need that recognition, 
And if For it's everything. constant mm-hmm. all the time, that is a sign that your ego is inflated. Interesting. <laughs> um, the next one is number five is if you have an image that you must maintain and uphold. So if we both we've talked about this so many times in Southern church culture, there or is even any church, lots of church. culture. Right. If there is an image that you have to maintain, whether it's the way you look, the way you dress, the way you speak, the amount of gold that's on your fingers, the kind of car that you drive. Right. Um, man, if that image is super important to you, and I'll even say, if you have an image of how you treat people, so if you have an image to uphold that says, I'm going to make somebody squirm, I'm going to make them right. scared of me, right. Right. I'm going to make them X, Y, and Z, and you fight tooth and nail to hold that image, ooh, that's a that's a big red flag. Right. This is really funny is when I, I don't know if it's really funny, but we're, there were times in our marriage where we really had to count every dollar and we really were watching our dollar close and we are in a place where we don't have to do that quite as much. We go through seasons. We just had a big um, car bill, but I, we got to a place where we could get a new car for me. I, I could, Honda, if you're listening, <laughs> Ooh, that's the biggest ask yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Honda, Honda if you're listening. If you're you, listening. Hey, listen, you'd take anything from Honda, wouldn't you? You'd uh, anything. like Honda, a pilot, a cord, anything. <laughs> Honda, you're sm- a fit. A fit is their smallest car. But I drive a 2005 Honda CRV that it's is still just rusty, plugging away, man. Has 256,000 miles on it. And you know what? I, I remember reading somewhere in a leadership book that was like the CEO of this company always drove a Honda and he, he didn't have an image that he needed to maintain. And you know, we're at a place where I could get a different car, but there is something I love about driving my rusty Honda. And I don't know what it is, but I love because I don't, I don't want to drive a Jaguar. I don't want to right, drive a right. Beamer. Have you seen that? It was a viral video and it's been a while ago of that, of that founder of that company. It was like a dot com company or mm-hmm. even a, it might've been like an app or something, but that um, he, he, the way he runs his company is that pretty much everybody yes. makes the same salary yeah. and they all saved their money and bought him a brand new vehicle. Aww. And like he cried and like That's they, sweet. because they wanted him to have right. like this nice vehicle, but he, he literally chose to sacrifice so that right. everybody could make a, you know, a, a really good living wage. Right. And I just think, I think a guy like that is a guy you want to follow absolutely because he's not putting himself. I think, I think ego, there's something about ego that wait, are you done with your list? I have one more. Okay. Say it. And then I, I'll remember it. Okay. I'll remember what I'm going to say. The last one is a lack of empathy. So if you Mm-mm-mm. struggle with empathy, seeing pe- things from other people's perspective or, you know, when they go through something hard, uh, being like, suck it up, you know, that, right. Oof, right. that's a, that's a big red right. flag. Right. I think, I think for me, a huge telltale sign, if somebody has a, has a big fat ego is if they act like they're better than other people. Absolutely. Like if you, and I think that, I think part of driving the rusty Honda pilot is (laughs) that you are a person that never wants somebody to think that you are better than no and i think sometimes what happens when we drive 
and listen, there is nothing wrong with driving oh, a hear wonderful me. car. So Lamborghini, if you're listening, no, <laughs> send kidding. us no. one. I actually would not want a Lamborghini. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to drive it. Yeah, yeah, I, they scare me. Um, but there's nothing wrong with having a nice car, no. but sometimes those status symbols or those things that are right. that lavish and that nice, they do put. They put distance between people right? and they can tell you something about a person that all of a sudden you feel like you're not as good as that person right. is. Right. Um, and I think those when those when having something like that, the problem isn't in the car right. or the type of car. That's not the problem. The problem is when the car becomes synonymous with your image oh, and the car absolutely. becomes synonymous with the reputation that you want right. to uphold. Right. Like I and, listen, and my you in-laws use that car to literally act like you're better. Right. Than other people. Listen, my in-laws for years had a BMW. They loved that car, but it was never for them. It was never something to uphold a reputation to show off to as a status right, symbol. Right, right. So, you know, if you drive a Beamer, listen, BMW, if you're listening, I will still <laughs> drive your car. Like, I will humbly drive a Beamer. <laughs> you just don't want the repair bills. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so I think when when our image, when we stress so hard about our image or upholding an image, you know, I've, I have worked with people um, that they're, if they're the leader, everything has to go through them. They're the head cheese. The ideas have to come from this person. Well, actually, that, Ed, if if you give a good idea, it's not your idea anymore. It's their idea. Absolutely. That's another huge sign. Right. Those those are hard because if you're trying to cultivate a team that wants to work together, that wants to synergize, that wants to make a difference, guess what? You are killing it right off yeah, the bat right when you bat. have that attitude. Um, and honestly, I am at a place where I am disinterested in that i am disinterested Same. and the leader has to be the smartest one in the room <laughs> i texted my friend cat and um mom if you're listening this this might pain you for what i'm gonna say is i was in a situation with um two men and myself and i felt like i was watching them <gasps> the term I have to say it because there's only one way to say it. Okay. A better way to say it is there were turf wars between there, these two people. Yes. I'm not going to say the P word. <laughs> no, you just said it. I was well, trying I said to it for say you. it. So, oh, so Francine, thanks. I said it for Matt. Thanks, Leanne. <laughs> um, th that, oh, there is nothing that will drive me bonkers more than watching two people go at it with turf wars. It, there is no room for it anymore. Well, it's, it's so... Not, it, I, it, in my mind, I, I I don't find it appealing for a person. Like, I don't right. walk away thinking, what a strong man. <laughs> I actually walk away thinking, wow. Like, That's funny. That guy... Well, I texted my fr our friend Kat about this situation, and she said, welcome to being a woman. We spend most of our life watching the turf wars yeah, or the yeah. other thing that you mentioned. So yeah. she was like, this is what it's like to be yeah. a woman sometimes. Wow. And I was like, Oh, that's, I'm sorry. There, there is a, there is a, uh, right after the term pissing contest and we yeah. quote a Bible verse. So, <laughs> Listen, but there that's, is, that's there fine. is, there is a proverb that I think is so good. And I think about it often when I think mm -hmm. about somebody who is just arrogant, prideful, and then someone who is humble mm. and it's in Proverbs 18, 
And here is a different translation of it. Mm. Before disaster, the heart of a man is haughty and filled with self-importance. But humility comes before honor. Mm. So to me, when I think of humble men, I think of I think of men that are honored, whether right. they're honored by their children, whether they're honored by the company they work with, mm-hmm. whether they're honored by God. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that humility is so attractive. I totally agree with you. But but to to win an argument and to come up against somebody and use your language and your body language mm-hmm. and your um, your ego to get your way. I just find it so unattractive. Right. I totally agree. I, you know, um, well, I'm not going to say it. No, we're not going to go there because <laughs> because I don't want to make this political. But right. there's been shows that just, you know, there's been like reality shows that where where people's arrogance is just so on display. Absolutely. Like their 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 ego is just so outrageous, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I actually don't like that person. Like right. I would not want, I don't care how famous they are. Right. I would not want to sit down and have coffee with right. them because I already know it would be all about them. Right. They would. And honestly to that end in matters of faith and politics, which you're really not supposed to talk about <laughs> <laughs> is um, if you always have to rewrite, you lack empathy in the topics of faith and politics. You know, if you always have to win, if there has to be a winner and a loser, mm-hmm. guess what? Your ego can be such a big turnoff oh. and very rarely. And I would probably say if never does someone who has to always be right, has to win, um, lacks empathy in the arenas of politics and faith. Talks about themselves all the right, time. Have ever won anyone to their side. Right. You know, and so I would I listen, if you have a story where you're like, I was bold and I spoke my mind and then I, I want them. I'd love to know, <laughs> well, but I, I think don't think it works like that. No, I think sometimes money and position makes so you're, you can be trapped in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, money and position can give people power and with that power can come them behaving any way they want. And sometimes it's egotistical and rude and, and domineering and controlling. And, you know, I, right. I think those work environments now, thankfully in this day and age, I think that they're getting called out more, which is wonderful. Absolutely. But I also think they're still there. So if you yeah. find yourself in that kind of work environment where you're like, you know, our son said something um, once that I've never forgotten that I thought was so wise. He said, I looked around at where I was working and investing my time. And I looked at all of my bosses and thought, I don't want to be like any of them. Mm. And, and I think, and for lots of different reasons, not necessarily just because of ego, but I think, I think that's really important to take notice of. Absolutely. Are the people that are leading you people you want to be like, are your friends people you want to be like, are, is your pastor somebody you want to be like? Right. I mean, I mean, we've been down that road. I mean, (laughs) Because if you can't say yes, yeah. you, you know, if you can't say yes to that, yeah, then it's time maybe to look around. Absolutely. Because I think that your your friends and the people that you follow, your leaders, they determine the quality and the direction of your mm-hmm. life, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put, I was thinking about this um, recently. Was your inflated ego has the ability to destroy your impact? I think there are so many people in positions of influence. Like if you have a position where you can influence people in whatever capacity that is, it could be a family, it could be a workplace, 
any of those capacities, if your ego, bless you, if your ego, your ego can destroy the positive groundwork that you've laid. You know, oh. for me with my children, I current today, I am laying a groundwork right now that says I'm in it for the long haul with you. I love you. Mm-hmm. We're creating mm-hmm. family rhythms. But guess what? If my children, let's say in their teenage years, start making choices that maybe I wouldn't choose for them or maybe I'm not excited about. Right. And I dig my heels in so hard where I care more about our family's reputation or right, them pleasing right, me right. or me being right and them being wrong and me being the authority and them just listening to me. I can destroy the groundwork that I've laid with them oh, for years. I mean, look at work environments. I mean, you're 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 probably talking to a lot of people right now. Absolutely. Like there there can be bosses that are incredible with and with three swift mm. decisions. Mm-hmm. All of it can be wrecked because of ego or because of arrogance. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really, really sad because it can destroy so much good. And then sometimes all the good things are overshadowed by those instances. Okay. So if you see, if you see some of those qualities, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but this is a good question. If you see some of those qualities that you listed in yourself, yeah. What are some ways that, that, what are ways? I mean, besides professional therapy, because we, Oof, we say that almost every know. time, you know, to go talk to somebody, right. it's a clinical professional counselor, but what are some things that we can do to be like, Hey, I need, that's an area I need to watch. Or... Right. I think there's a couple. I think the first one is be reflective on yourself. So as you go throughout your day and as you look back on how you interacted with people, how you treated people. I think sometimes we get so busy that we just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first Mm -hmm. thing is if you don't have a regular habit or practice of reflecting on your day, I don't know why I've always been like this. (laughs) My mom has said when I was like in kindergarten, I would talk at night about my day and people. But I think if that's not a habit for you, look through your day and look at how you reacted to people and how How they reacted to you. you. Because if you're getting blank stares or you're getting the well here's one thing that that we've both experienced if you're in meetings and everyone is scared to say something or hesitant to say how they feel or to bring anything up or to give any kind of feedback that's not a good sign for your leader right or for if you're the leader and you're you're like why isn't my team talking yeah why don't my children talk why doesn't my wife talk to me why doesn't my husband yeah Ooh, that's, that's a sign where you go, Ooh, I need to, I need to reflect on that. I think another one is being intentional about seeking other people's opinions. If you believe that you're, first of all, if you believe you're the smartest person in the room, you're lying to yourself because you're not. Right, right. And be intentional about seeking other people's opinions. Maybe you're in a situation where you, you feel like you're a solo leader, entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. Bring other people into those conversations because other perspectives are so good for you. And then I think the other one is, um, my third one is really seek compromise. Look for compromise. Um, Actually, at our school, we use uh, the seven habits of highly effective people in our school. It's called the Leader in Me program that they wrote for kids. And I love some of the seven habits so that's a Stephen Covey um, Mm -hmm. thing and Stephen Covey's Covey's framework 
for the seven habits of highly effective people really butts up against an ego maniac leader. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he talks about um, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we blow into a place and we want our opinion to be heard or we feel like no one understands us, man, that's that's a red flag Mm -hmm. for for you. And so I think if you're looking to manage your ego or you feel like, ooh, maybe I'm going into some dangerous territory, find ways that you can make compromises and bring people into your stuff. Because I think part of it too, if I think about people, this is just an opinion. This isn't something I researched from like Harvard or all this stuff. This is just my opinion. When I think of people that struggle with ego that I've come across with in my life is often they are very lonely, isolated people. They don't have a lot of community. They don't have a lot of people speak into their into their life. So maybe that's even a place to start is if you feel isolated, find community because right. often when you're in relationship with other people in healthy relationship, they're going to push back on right, you and they're right. going to say, oh, I don't think that's right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think finding those ways to compromise. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any parting shots for this one? Well, just that humility, like, like start really digging around for definitions of humility, what a humble person looks like, how a humble person speaks, mm-hmm. you know, and humility is always, in my mind anyway, it's always more attractive than arrogance and pride. Absolutely. So, so really to try to walk out what it looks like to be humble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the last word I want to leave us with. That's it. Hey, whether ordinary or extraordinary, we hope you see that these, these are, are good, good days. days.